This episode of the National Trust podcast was made possible by Cotswold Outdoor, walking partner for the National Trust. Hello and welcome to the National Trust podcast. In the last episode, we travelled to Long Nanny, a tucked away gem on the Northumberland coast. But in this episode, we're going a bit further afield to see some of our nation's favourite seabirds. So get your life jacket on, we're getting on a boat. Currently striding along the breakwater here at Seahouses Harbour to try and get the boat out to the farms. just slowed down to a halt and just all around us now there are the backs of bottlenose dolphins breaking the wave. We're seeing obviously the, the big dorsal fin and then the lovely grey back and then the blowholes shooting. Really beautiful. It's always really special to see dolphins. It's always a real, real treat. now starting to appear in front of us. At low tide there's well over 20 islands although some of them are very very small. Most of the time you're probably looking at about 14-15 islands that are actually sort of visible but there are a real variety on the actual farms itself. You've got little tiny rocky outcrops and then obviously ones that are much bigger that have got grass and meadowland on top and that's why it's such a fantastic place for wildlife because again like the rest of the areas we've been looking at here at Northumberland coast there are so many varieties of habitats in small places, which means that so many different species can live alongside each other in these amazing areas. Stepping off the boat here at the Farns, you are greeted by a cacophony of noise. It sounds like I think probably like a children's birthday party when they've all had jelly and ice cream, they're utterly high as a kite and they're all running around screaming. And that's pretty much what you can hear. And the majority of that sound is the Arctic Terns. And I've got a hat on, I've got my hood up, and it's really important if you're coming to the farms this time of year that you do that because the Arctic Terns nest really close to the path. As we're walking up here, I can literally see them, they're right by my feet nesting and they are pretty feisty, they like to let us know they're here so you can probably just hear scuffing sounds and that's actually the birds diving and pecking my head as we're going along so if you really don't like things flying towards your head May, June is not a good time to come to the Farn Islands Hi there, my name is Harriet Reed, uh, and I'm ranger on the Fine Islands. Hi Harriet, how are you? I'm grand, and yourself? Not so bad, it's a nice noisy day on the farms today then. It is, it is, it's the usual amount of noise at this time of the day. Fantastic, so obviously there's lots of arctic terns nesting around where we are, but the thing we're particularly interested in is the lovely puffin. They are very small little black and white birds, and quite a red bill. Really cute. So we believe that 2018 is a really important year because it's one of the years of 
the count, the big five-year count. So uh, how's that been going so far? Yes, the puffin census has been going well so far. It's the count that we do every five years. And initial, initial results have come back that we're about 12% decline. But it's still ongoing, so hopefully we'll get a few better results in the coming weeks. Were they a little bit late coming in this year because of sort of there was a slightly longer winter than we usually have? Yes, the majority of them were a bit later due to harsh weather at the beginning of the season. A lot of them came in later, but a few of them did start early because we have had actually had the odd puffling. So pufflings are young puffins. Is there anything cuter than a puffling? Oh, I don't think so. They're, they're, they're adorable. I mean, all the puffins we're seeing on the island here are adults. So, like, a, like other seabirds, so they only come back to land once they're at sexual maturity? Yeah, so they'll come back when they're about four years old to breed. And the rest of the time, on that period, I guess they're just rafting out on the sea? Yes. Well, the puffins spend nine months of the year out in the North Atlantic and then only come to land for three months of the year in order to breed. They must be so tough. Yeah, very hardy birds, the puffin. Very hardy birds. And quite long-lived, I believe, as well. They don't, you know, they're not sort of, like, obviously, some small birds sort of come and go within five years. These guys can live decades. Yeah, they can um, live to be in their 30s, definitely. Obviously, a lot of puffins around. Do they mate for life? A lot of them do mate for life, but there are the occasional ones who don't wait for their mate to come back. Oh, <gasps> that is shocking. What happens if their mate does come back? Hopefully they both get a new, a new mate. So they nest on the same, in the yes. same area every year? A lot, a lot of them will come back to the, to the same area. There is an Ida wandering towards us and I just adore Ida ducks. There's a, a male and a female. They're quite big ducks, Idas. They're, they're sea ducks, essentially. Obviously famous for Ida downs, which is the very, very lovely, warm sort of inner feathers of off the chest of the female ida that she pulls off to then put round and coat round her nest to keep it nice and warm for the babies and obviously then people used to gather it and put it into duvets as we see now there is a male and a female the female she's quite drab i suppose actually she's quite beautiful if you get up close to her but she is very browned kind of brindled but the male is he's truly spectacular so he's uh, white on the back he's got black on his on his flanks and he's got sort of black head and a sort of bluey cream color on his beak i'm guessing you probably get quite a lot of idas here do you yes yes we will get quite a few nesting alongside the boardwalk as well the males won't stick around so much they'll wait until the females lay the eggs and then They'll head back um, towards the harbour area. Yeah, and then um, we have had quite a few ducklings. There's a, a little pool just to the side of us here, and the, just at the, the far end of it, there is, oh, that's what's that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 30, 14 Ida ducklings. They are just so cute. They are tiny little balls of fur. They're not too dissimilar, really, from, from mallard ducklings, except they don't have that yellowy colour. They're sort of a dark chocolate brown, but they are absolutely beautiful. And they've probably had a fantastic time in their nest, been all snuggled into their mum's feathers. They're absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's nothing quite like a baby duckling, is there? There is a cacophony of sound on the island with hundreds of birds of all different varieties sort of running around and flying about, but it's not like this all year round, is it? No, so 
about mid-April to about mid-July is kind of the peak and when we're going to have the most birds on the island. But then after that, a lot of the birds will leave by the end of July. There's loads of people on the island with us today. It's obviously a really popular place for visitors to come, but we are on an island, so how do people come and visit? People get to the island by taking a boat trip on one of the four boat companies that lands on the islands. Do they go out sort of daily? I mean, obviously, weather, weather dependent. Yes, yes, there'll be daily trips every day from May until October. Thanks for listening to this mini episode. Join us next month when my intrepid colleague James Grasby will be your companion through Red House, the wonderful home of William Morris. Until then, from me, Kate Martin, goodbye. This episode of the National Trust podcast was made possible by Cotswold Outdoor, walking partner for the National Trust.